0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner of the great. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan Connection. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves. Another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. Occasionally... I just have one topic, and I run right through that topic and share a number of ideas or thoughts within that topic. And today's, with the NBA season having just kicked off in the last couple days, there's already been some phenomenal performances. Steph Curry had a triple-double in the first game of the year where the Warriors beat the Lakers, although they didn't play, or he says he didn't play very well. He comes back the next night or the next opportunity, has 25 points in the first quarter, was on pace for obviously 100. It's not going to happen, but ended up with 45. Uh, very impressive start to the season for him. The Bucks got off to a tremendous start with Giannis looking as dominant. Or even more, maybe more dominant this year as he did a season ago, which is hard to believe. There's tons of great storylines that I'm going to be following this NBA season throughout. But the the one that I really wanted to touch on and that I was excited about, um, kind of breaking down a little bit, is the NBA top 75. Um, so many people remember the NBA at 50 released their top 50 players of all time uh, as voted on by a panel that really knows uh, their stuff. They followed the game. They were part of the game. They played the game. And so the NBA celebrating their 75th anniversary this year is obviously doing the same with uh, their top 75 players as voted on uh, by a very significant um, and worthy panel. So I think it's a great discussion uh, point. I think there's a lot of great names, obviously, that are on the list, and rightfully so. There's a ton of names that are left off the list that uh, can be considered snubs. There's a few that are on the list that makes you think, well, why'd they make that and the other person didn't, uh, based off of possible... Injuries that they had in their career uh, or based off of maybe just success being on some great teams. So um, it it was fun for me to kind of look over this list Uh, as a a kid. uh, I remember watching so many of these guys on the list um, and, and watching the NBA games on CBS on. On Christmas morning, watching the Blazer games when all these other teams would come into town and and really watch and learn and and kind of grow my love for the game. And then I also remember as a kid, you know, I was one of those weird kids who would go to the library at school or go to the library pre-internet and go read up on the history of the game and and learn about the Earl Monroe's, uh, learn about – you know, Dave DeBuscher, all these guys that were on the list that um, today's younger player doesn't know much about, you know, Sam Jones uh, and Hal Greer, two guys on the list that I probably uh, think that a lot of younger guys wouldn't know much about as a, uh, as well as maybe Paul Harrison, um, some of the other guys that I mentioned. Guys just don't know about them these days. But Sam Jones was an instrumental part in a ton of Boston Celtic championships. Hal Greer was one of the best uh, guards uh, for the Sixers for a long stretch. And and what a lot of people don't recognize and realize, the league at that time only had you know maybe twelve teams uh, when these guys were playing. And so uh, the Sixers they would they would have run through the league. Um, had it not been for the Boston Celtics in that unbelievable run that, that Red Auerbach kind of orchestrated and Russell and Kuzi and all those guys Havlicek were a part of. But um, I just want to start real quick on the, the, the guys that I had a chance to play against um, during my, my six years in the league and a couple years in preseason uh, with a couple different teams. I played against 22 of these guys. And uh, to me, that's pretty darn cool. It, it, the, the number bumps up to 24 if you include open gym settings where uh, you know I could then include Russell Westbrook and I could include uh, Damian Lillard. But the 22 guys that I played with, Ray Allen, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Jason Kidd, Allen Iverson, Karl Malone, Reggie Miller, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Shaquille O'Neal. Chris Paul, Gary Payton, Paul Pierce, Scottie Pippen, John Stockton, and Dwayne Wade. So cool for me to see uh, these 22 names on the list and and quickly think back to a a couple different experiences that I had uh, playing against these guys or uh, competing against them or just getting to know them a little bit. You know, I think a couple that just jump out off the page for me, and I've shared, you know, Kobe stories on, on the ISO many times before is. Um, I remember one time early in my career, I believe I was with the Blazers. Um, well, it was my fifth year in the league, sorry. So it was my fifth year in the league for the Blazers. I took a cab early from the hotel to Staples Center to be able to get my pregame work. If I wasn't playing a ton of minutes at the time or if I um, kind of felt like I needed something extra to work on my game – uh, which quite frankly was a lot. Uh, I would take a cab early to the game um, and, and make sure I got my shots up make sure I got uh, a weight room workout would Just make sure I was ready and and that was a way that I would do it Well, I think I got to the arena seven o'clock game. I think I might have gotten to the arena about 415 430 um, Clearly I was the, the, the only blazer that was there. Um, I had to go with the strength coach and the equipment manager um, because needed to be able to get in the locker room, get the gear and all that stuff. But look down on the other end, Kobe was there and he was finishing his workout. So that only leads you to believe like, okay, seven o'clock game, he's finishing his workout up on the other end of the floor. What time did he get there? <laughs> Must've been, you know, 3, 315, 3.30 at the latest. Um, you know, it just kind of shows you a little bit of that work ethic and drive that, um, so many people have talked about and that was a firsthand experience uh, of that for me. Another one jumps out, Kevin Garnett. You know, there's a lot of competitive guys in the NBA. You have to be competitive to get to that level. Um, But you also, you know, there are outliers in regards to their competitiveness. And Kevin Garnett was one for me. Uh, I I remember, you know, just seeing his intensity on the floor, um, hearing him talk, you know, Great coaches are always talking about you've got to talk. You've got to talk. Um, Kevin Garnett took that to heart. I don't think in the games that I played against him, there wasn't, you know, a 15-second burst during a game where he wasn't talking. Um, and that's both offensively and defensively. That's talking to the officials. That's talking to his teammates. His trash-talking opponents. Um, you know, that stands out to me for sure was Kevin Garnett and his his energy infectious energy for the game. LeBron and MJ, you know, those are two guys that that I've talked at length about at different points in the podcast, but having played against them was great. A couple other ones, um, you know, ones that stand out to me um, would be a a story with Reggie Miller, very similar to uh, the story about Kobe. Uh, This was my uh, rookie year in the league. I'm not playing a ton. I take a cab early in Indiana to get some shots up. Um, walk where where can how Conseco was I don't know the name of the arena now. How Conseco was you took you, you had to walk in the tunnel and then you had to walk through through or uh, over the court to get to the locker room, the, the visitors' locker room, and Reggie Miller shooting shooting, and he just stops really quick and we had a quick conversation, and he said, you know. You're, you you being here this early is why you're gonna have a career. You're you're gonna have have a have a, have a nice long career in the NBA. Um, keep it up. Keep working hard. And every time you can get to the gym early like this when you're on the road, do it. And you know that kind of uh, as a young player, hearing it from somebody who at that time. Was at the tail end of their career, but they were still a darn good player. Our scouting report was focused off of taking Reggie off the thrill, Reggie Miller off the three point line, knowing where he was at all times, and just knowing that you know he saw I was taking my craft seriously, and he he wanted to encourage me was great. There were two teammates that I played with uh, in the regular season that are on this list: Dirk Nowitzki and Paul Pierce. One hundred percent. Uh, they should both be on this list. Dirk, obviously one of the, the greatest scorers of all time. Um, you know, he's also one of the greatest teammates of all time that I've been around at any level. I was only with the Mavericks for a short stint for about three months or so. Uh, I was in a, in a log jam at, at the point guard position, so I only played four regular season games. But uh, with, with Dirk being who Dirk was, and that was the best player in the NBA uh, just about to be on the cusp of a M- uh, true MVP candidate, which he won uh, a year or two later. He was hard worker. He was as good a teammate as you could have asked for as far as helpful, supportive, um, encouraging. Um, but at the bu- end of the day, he wanted to win. And, and you know, he's, it was great. It's great to see him on the list. The other one would be Paul Pierce. Paul, Pier- Paul Pierce. And I were teammates for just a short stint in Boston. Um, I got hurt about 20, 25 games into my my career at Boston before I got traded to the Blazers. And what I remember about Paul was he was so unbelievably good at everything. You want him to post up? Boom, he could post up. You want him to step out of the three-point line? He can knock it down. You give him an ISO, his jab step game was, was as as good as anybody's in the NBA at that time. I mean, when you, you look at that 2000 stretch, I think the best ISO players, uh, the guys that come to mind for me, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant, and Paul Pierce. Those three, you, you put them on an ISO on the wing or maybe on the elbow. Um, those guys are going to create space and they're going to create opportunities, whether it's raise up jump shot, whether it's get to the rim, uh, whether it's put foul pressure on and get to the free throw line. Uh, but Paul Pierce was so good at everything. But the thing that stands out to me for Paul, um, uh, there's a group of us that played poker on literally every single flight with the Celtics myself, Brian Scalabrini, uh, Kendrick Perkins, Ricky Davis, Ryan Gomes. We played poker every flight. And uh, it was. Texas hold you You buy in and winner takes all. And uh, Paul gave me the nickname runner up because literally every almost every single time I lost in the in, when it was down to two of us. Uh, so he gave me the nickname runner up uh, and I didn't live it down for that stretch with the Celtics. Every time we played poker, uh, that that's what the guys called me. So um, great to see those two on there. Now, it's easy to, to kind of pick and choose and say there's a couple snubs and, and I wanted to go over two snubs that I think uh, are the most interesting uh, they're, they stand out the most now do I think they should both be on there probably not one of them I will kind of expect to be on the top 100 list when the NBA turns 100 which is crazy enough in 25 years but I think two snubs uh, that are interesting because they're the only MVPs in the NBA history that aren't on this list. The first one being Derrick Rose. Um, he was an MVP. He was Rookie of the Year. Um, he's not on this list. Had he not had injury issues during the course of his career, 100% he would be on this. He was a game-changing athlete. Uh, he was growing into tremendous point guard injuries hit. Um, and he's done an amazing job of kind of recalibrating his career and, and recalibrating his game based, based off of skill. And not how his career early on was based off of athleticism. The other MVP um, that was snubbed was Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, he's kind of one of those guys where you look at Jokic, you look at uh, Luka Doncic, uh, and there's a couple other guys across the the board um, who are young players in the game now that, given a couple more years, they're absolutely on the list. Um, and they would knock a couple guys off the list, but they're still a little bit too early into their careers to get this nod. Uh, if, if their careers continue to go the path that they they are on, NBA one hundred uh, at one hundred year mark, these those guys will both be on. Um, a couple bigger picture snubs, both from from you know maybe that late seventies early eighties era uh, all the way up until till recent guys that I played against. a Couple snubs that stand out. Adrian Dantley, a tremendous score. Artis Gilmore, seven foot three, uh, left-handed center um, in in the late '70s, early '80s. Uh, that's an interesting one to me because of how dominant he was. Um, and you're talking about he was in an era where there was great centers. Nate Thurman, who made the list. Uh, Wes Unseld, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the tail end of of uh, of Wilt Chamberlain, he may have played. I'm not sure of my my, my timeline off the top, but uh, he he was an interesting snub. Um, Bernard King is a snub that um, is really interesting. You want to talk about a flat scorer? Uh, he could just straight go get buckets. You know, he had some injury issues over the course of his career, but you, you want to talk about an ISO guy? Just go get your buckets uh, in the 80s. Um, that was Bernard King. I think some of the younger um, or some of the newer wave guys that could be looked at as a snub. Um, But if you take a deeper look, maybe not because they don't have titles, they don't have MVPs. They might have one or two uh, all NBA uh, accolades, um, but they don't have the big picture resume that some of these other guys do, um, but they don't... uh, But but they were they were left off and I'm sure they were hard to leave off. Maybe the hardest one of this new way, newer group to leave off would have been Pau Gasol. Multiple uh, medals in the Olympics with Spain, um, won a couple NBA titles. I know he was around. the all-NBA consideration for for a number of years, but he's an interesting one. The other guys in that era that, that got left off that a lot of people are probably going to think are, are snubs, Manu Ginobili, um, Dwight Howard, um, I, I don't think he should have been on the top 75 list, but I know a number of people do, people do based off of all-NBA, based off of uh, Defensive Player of the Year awards. Grant Hill. Grant Hill would have been on this list had he not had injuries. Um, you know, that's easy to say. Tracy McGrady, Penny Hardaway, Dikembe Matumbo. Those are a couple snubs that uh, are, are being thrown out there um, that, that, you know, if you look at it in a certain light or a certain lens, yeah, you could say they're snubs. But I think uh, each of those were correct to, to not be on the list. Um, I, I think the ones to me that made the list that maybe could have been replaced by a couple of these other uh, snubs that I just talked about Um, to me, Anthony Davis making the list uh, is interesting. Um, Yes. He's a very good player. He's talented. He's an all NBA player. Um, But when I look at what he's doing now with Laker with the Lakers and LeBron, he didn't really impact the game the way that I would have wished to have seen him do it in new Orleans. Um, You know, it's kind of one of those, hey, very good player. You put him with another very good player. he looks even better um and that's that that's maybe not a fair um evaluation, but to me that that's an interesting one um Robert Parrish being on the list um that was a little bit of an interesting one, but I think it would be hard to keep him off the list when you look at the the titles that the Celtics won in the eighties um it was because of that front court. A lot of people think that front court of Bird, Parrish, and and Kevin McHale are the greatest front court ever to play the game. And so do you leave off McHale? Do you leave off Parrish? Would you leave both of them off? Um, You know, I I think that was a difficult choice, but um, you know, that that was an interesting one to me. Um, Next one being Dominique Wilkins. He was, possibly the biggest snub not to make the top 50. I know a lot of people talked about it for a number of years, didn't make the top 50. Um, and it was interesting because that was at the tail end of his career. Uh, he was either just finishing up or he was fresh off of, of retiring. Um, so his name was fresh and he didn't make that top 50 list, but he did make the top 75 list. Uh, you know, electric score, uh, tremendous competitor, really one of the first uh, guys that, you know, I can remember as a young kid just attacking the rim with reckless abandon in as evidenced in his nickname, the human highlight machine. Um, You know, Dominique Wilkins uh, is on that kind of, to me, really um, good enough to be there. You know, obviously in the panel's eyes, um, he kicked out or, you know, moved some other guys down the list. the other guy who was left off the top 50 list and made the top 75 was a tremendous score um, in the 70s. I Obviously, I didn't get a chance to watch him, um, but saw highlights. Bob McAdoo, uh, he makes the top 75, is a tremendous score. I know, uh, you know he led the league in scoring when he was with the Buffalo Braves. Uh, he, he then had some really successful great years with the Lakers, and he's been an assistant coach for a long time. Um, that's another one. Uh, This one might really create some pause from some people when they hear me think uh, that I'm really questioning this one. Um, Bill Walton. If you're talking about some of these other guys that I mentioned as snubs not making the list because of injuries, um, but Bill Walton is on the list even though he didn't reach the full potential of his game as a pro. And I guess you could look at it that way is He was an MVP. He did win multiple NBA championships, one with the Blazers, one with the Celtics. Um, But the longevity and the the true stats of some of those years uh, weren't what some of the other guys who were left off the list of being um, that that didn't make the team. So he would be another questionable one simply because if if some of the other guys were left off the top 75 because of injuries, was that same criteria at least thought through with with Bill Walton maybe maybe not but you flip it two championships at least one mvp with the blazers uh and he, again he he would have had a even more successful pro career had he not been hurt so as a as somebody who grew up loving the game of basketball trying to find anything i could get my hands on to read as a young kid Scheduling my days when I knew there was going to be a Blazer game or another NBA game on TV to watch it, um, you know, when something big like this gets released and something is is shared, uh, I get excited. I look at the list. I come up with some thoughts and ideas of my own. I know many of you that listen to this probably have some thoughts and ideas on your own. Send me a send me a message. Dick out at Scorebook Live or hit me up on social media uh, asking about some of my other thoughts on my top 75. So for the ISO and SB live sports, I'm Dan Dickow. Thanks a lot for joining. Take care. Have a great day. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB live sports brought to you by the believe podcast network, the number one podcast network for professionals.